This is Come On You Reds, the Toronto FC podcast on TSN 1050. Welcome to Come On You Reds, the Toronto FC podcast, episode number 99. We've reached, we've reached the Gretzky finally. Gareth Wheeler alongside former Toronto FC midfielder, Canadian international, and TSN soccer analyst and Toronto FC academy whoa, coach, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mr. Terry Dunfield. How do you fit that all in your business card? I don't know. I'm business cardless. Yes. This podcast will be a great one. I've been waiting to get that out. Yes, and co-host <laughs> of Come On You Reds. Who carries business cards? these days anyways I, I kind of like one though it made me feel kind of big and important you isn't it just a digital imprint it's like here's my number email me I'm, I'm kind of like old fashioned I'm a bit of a traditionalist a bit Are like you? Michael Bradley with VR <laughs> uh, it's a pleasure doing this podcast and another big week for Toronto FC we're going to look back to their convincing emphatic victory over the Portland Timbers last week and a big one coming up this weekend against the Chicago Fire we'll spin you around MLS and other news and notes from around the game as well I, I feel like I've been on a different planet I had a couple days off Terry I was on a boat I feel like Andy Samberg in the Lonely Island crew. I'm on a boat. I was on a boat for like three days, you like a houseboat. Bo- you on like a boatel cruising around on a your boatel. <laughs> I just thought that that's class. That's I just invented that. Any of our listeners don't jack that idea. It's a new business proposition. So, t- so tell us about your trip. It was, it was honestly just me I and just the boys. I just got host there. Pardon me? I just turned into the host. Yes, you did. I mean, the so boys just you go? went away. It just up in the Kawartha's beautiful Bob Cajun, which I feel like the Tragically Hip have made that little town <laughs> where everyone just plays that song intentionally and unintentionally when they roll in. Brilliant. And Fenelon Falls and Buckhorn. It was super, super nice, super chill. It's good to get away and, you know, embrace this beautiful country of ours. And it's kind of funny, like an hour and a half into the city, it's like a whole new world. It sounds like a Labatt's commercial or something. What, did really? you get up, what else did you get up to up there? That's about it. Just we ended up golfing and fished and had some beers and just cruised just around. Just the lads, no birds. S- swam, just just the boys. Boys, beautiful. Trip. We called it mancation. Awesome. So, yeah, so it was a great Didn't time. Didn't have to shower. I'd love. I, I came home last night and had a shower, and <laughs> wow, like I, I felt like between that and trying to brush your teeth, but not really the the film on your teeth. Like I felt disgusting, but that's okay. Got back to my primitive roots. Beautiful. You you've just. Been all over football uh, yeah, uh, broadcasts well, over the course of the week. Yeah, I know it's nuts. Premier League's kicking off, Champions League qualifying, MLS. It's awesome. Though at night, every time I just shut my eyes, I'm seeing bo- soccer balls. Yeah, I almost said balls, soccer balls. Yes, well, well, but but now you're probably looking at it in a whole different way than you playing the game. Right, because you're thinking about all different teams and all different leagues now. And when you're playing, you're kind of focused on what you're doing and what the teams around you are doing. Yeah, you're all, when you're playing, you're almost in a bubble. You're oblivious. Yes, you're watching the other games, but you're not really taking them in. You're kind of in your own little world, and you're so focused on when I was here on Toronto FC. Now it's nice you're seeing get from a different perspective so many different styles, different tactics, different players, different changes the tempo in games it's uh it's incredible how soccer's played so differently around the world um let's talk about what went on in toronto last week and it's an appropriate place to start because i thought it was a matchup that a lot of people were looking forward to the portland timbers a team that won mls cup just two years ago coming to town it's funny down at the game uh 
one of the gentlemen that was calling the game for Portland on their broadcast was my former center back partner. No in way. In under 17 and under 18. His name's Ross Smith. He played for the Timbers when they were in the A League. I know. They just didn't bring him up to. He played some time in, in Scotland as well. Red uh, hair. Yep. Yeah. Well, it looks exactly like me. Yeah, he does, actually. Dude, yeah. when we played, we were being recruited at the same time to universities uh, south of the border. And some people were confusing us. His touch was a little bit better on the ball, but we're about the same size, the same physique, just two like partial ginger bl- uh, pale kids out there dominating at center back. I love that. Absolutely dominating. <laughs> <laughs> Crushing. You know what it reminds me of? It was uh, a bit, not to go off on a tangent here, Paul Mariner. Yeah. We were, we were struggling. This is when we were going through a bad run. He scouted Guadalupe, and he's like, boys, don't worry. I'm going to bring in this big center half. He's just going to dominate everything. So we're like, sweet, Gaffer, we need this, right? No disrespect to Ty Harden and the sure. boys we had, but we needed just a big beast at the back. A commandeering, you know, pull the strings type of yeah, scruff of the neck defender. Like a Sol Campbell yes. or Ledley King. So this is what was, we thought was coming, this big 6'4 center back that's just going to eat everything up in the air. So anyway... In comes this little wiener, and I'm so sorry for him. He's the nicest guy ever. Eddie Viator walks through the door. 5'9", this little scrawny right back. He walks in, and we're all expecting, like, the Hulk to walk through the door. Anyway, this guy comes in. Did he get the wrong guy? He thought he signed the other guy. So Viator comes in on, like, a three-year deal. Just, like, the happiest guy ever. He, he, boots are on the wrong feet. He can't even keep it on the pitch. And now oh, oh, we're man. just like, How oh. do you get the wrong guy? So anyway, the Viator was on a three-year vacation in Toronto. I don't know if he ever played again. Nice guy, but another anyway. decent re- and and we like Paul. We we really we love really Paul. do. But there's a reason why he's not management anymore. <laughs> That's harsh. That's <laughs> harsh. But he, he made me captain. I love him. I'll yeah. back. I'll back him to the. Oh, yeah, no, no. Uh, in in all seriousness, I like Paul. But he can't make mistakes like that and stay in the game. Like you just can't. No. So it's it's not the first time I've heard a story like that. In in fairness, so it was good. Poorly coming. To Beautiful Saturday evening game, and I thought Portland started pretty decent. Like they were without, uh, it was a big deal for Toronto FC. The fact that um, Portland didn't have Fernando Adi up, uh, Adi up top and Liam Ridgewell in the back, a team that concedes goals, not having your center back. Like, but I, I thought Portland did okay in the first half of play. Yeah, they they did. I thought. I th- I think when you looked at their team against the LA Galaxy, they'd won previously. I think it was three one. Yep. And when you rip out Ridgewell, Adi up top, and Miller, I, I think was the, suspended, th- yeah. this is a team that you wanted to meet. Sometimes in the summer of MLS. Uh, with fixture congestion, injuries, the timing of meeting teams it c- can be important and crucial. And, and I think TFC met Portland when the, when their squad wasn't at full strength. And Portland did well in the first half. It's a little bit... Uh, it reminds me of a, a, another story. Terry's Tales, here I go again. It's That's good. When, when, you, when you're in the forest and you cut down a tree, you're not going to necessarily always get it with that first chop. But if you keep grinding away at it, keep being professional, eventually that tree goes down. And I, I know it's good against Portland. Nice little pun. Obviously, with the, the Timbers, you see what I'm doing there. Hey-o. But it was a little bit like that, I, I thought, for me. It's quality Terry Tales. Um, there was no Drew, Drew Moore. Is <laughs> that sarcasm? No, 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 no. It was good. No, no Drew Moore for the game. <laughs> the producer shaking. <laughs> uh, Drew Moore was out. He was the one change to the 11 that drew 1-1. 
in D.C. because him and his wife celebrating the birth of their second child, a new son. He put out on Twitter before the game he's going to name it after the first goal scorer. Ended up naming his son Ryan Andrews. So congratulations it's to the awesome Moore family. that all the TFC fans were like, I hope Sebastian's starting. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was like, doesn't Gareth Moore have a nice ring to it? That's not bad. Well, when Justin Morrow scored the first goal, I was like, call him Morrow Moore just Ooh, to convince people. That's a heavy name. Moore, Moore, Moore. <laughs> um, but but Mo- Drew was Drew was the, the one player that was missing. And then when Nick Haglin went down in the 14th, 15th minute, it was really bizarre because Gleason the other way, the Portland Timbers goalkeeper, while that was going down the other way, he was calling to come off. He was just down. He signaled to the bench, and Caleb Porter and the Portland Timbers staff was like, get down, Gleason. And yeah. Gleason had already made a big stop on Sebastian Javinko in the third minute off a free kick. And as... It's one of those things that works out that way. If Gleason had stayed down, Nick Haglin would have never gone down. He never would have been injured. So if he had listened to his manager, whistle would have blown. He would have stayed down. The ball wouldn't have gone the other way. Instead, Darren Maddox puts on a move. I, I believe it was on Haglin and Morrow down the left-hand side. Great move, quick feet. And then Haglin gets his left knee caught under him. Yeah, yeah. it's like that. What was that movie called where like she just makes a subway? Or just misses the subway and then like her life changes completely. Oh yeah, it sounds like a Sandra Bullock film. Yeah, uh, what was it called? Anyway, leave it's it like, alone. That, that's what it, <laughs> that's what it was like with Gleason when you're saying it with the referee. If he goes down, then obviously that doesn't happen. But yeah, Maddox does well, and uh, as soon as you see his knee kind, I want to say buckle, just get caught underneath him. Uh, it wasn't pretty. It was like slow motion watching it, and uh, normally those are nasty ones. Fortunately, it's not a full tear. Um, but problem is, he did that knee. Before. It was the same yeah. knee that. He did so it the looks year, like Minnesota. eight to ten weeks. Um, yeah. and, and it's you know, listed he, as six to eight, right, according right. to the Toronto. But he, he, he did worked extremely hard uh, in the gym, and then another three four weeks to get back up to fitness. And um, with injuries like that, especially back to back ones, it's it's it really tests a player's character and and how strong you are physically to be able to not only deal with it once, but then to get back into that gym and, and and to go through it all over again and um his his character his character's one of the toughest in the in that that locker room so i'm sure he'll be back yeah just a, one of the real good guys in the yeah. game going yeah. down you didn't like to see that so what i like let, let's start with what i liked about the first half off the top and then we'll get into what i didn't like i liked in the second minute and this is the thing we saw against dc united we saw it against colorado in recent weeks tfc playing a little bit too slow a little bit too predictable and teams lining up in blocks at the back and when you get the defensive setup especially in the defensive four two three one it you allow those blocks to set up it causes problems but that early free kick coming in the third minute it happened because michael bradley took the short quick free kick got things moving, tried to catch the defensive line while they were asleep or while they weren't set up. And that led to a really good scoring opportunity, Sebastian Javinko being fouled right in his wheelhouse and, and put together what was a really good free kick. And Gleason, in recent years, especially last year in the win over Toronto FC in Portland, he was very good. So um, forcing that goalkeeper into a big save early, I thought it was a good start right out of the gate by Toronto FC trying to change the pace. Yeah, no, Gleason for whatever reason, steps his game up against TFC. He's always been very good. I think he made his full MLS debut or not far off it 
away in Portland against TFC a, a couple of years ago or a year ago and, and was excellent. He's had to buy his time to, to wait for that opportunity. But um, I, I like quick play like that. I, I think it's clever. And, and TFC have so many players, not just Michael Bradley, Javinko, Vasquez. And I think even now Marky Delgado's learning from these players. I love it when players take a quick free kick yep. and, and look to just catch teams off guard. Uh, also in the first half, what I didn't like is when Portland sat back and they were, they were clearly going to play on the counter. Again, TFC a little bit too predictable. Playing the ball a little bit too slowly for my liking. Especially down the right-hand side. In the first half, I thought the combination between Delgado... Hasler's a new player, so it's going to take some time for it to get for it to come together. They're playing the ball a little bit down the right-hand side, and it was a little bit, okay, get forward, then reset, start it over again. You need a little bit more cutting edge. And Justin Moore was playing so high down the left-hand side, and he wasn't brought into play enough in the first 45 minutes for my life. Yeah, there was a lot of play down the right-hand side, wasn't there? Yeah. And, and when teams sit back now, teams are very organized. There's a ton of video available, and, and teams really do their sort of research on their opponents. And, and with TFC, if it's a wide open game especially TFC are so good in transition they'll light teams up and so a lot of teams especially when they come to BMO sit back they're compact and with, with TFC's wide players whether it's Hassel or Beta on the right hand side or Moro when it does go out wide they're not the type of players that are great 1v1 they're not going to go past a player or they're not going to be able to really use that create an overload from a static position where Hassler and Morrow are at their best or when balls are played in behind but it's difficult when teams really sit back so what TFC need to do and which you just touched on is move that ball quickly try to get Vasquez Delgado in between the lines or Javinko or Altor dropping in between into those little pockets I thought Vasquez and I thought they did that in the second yeah, half. Well, and that, I, part of that too for me was because TFC kept grinding away at Portland and all of a sudden Portland's blocks and balances were just a little bit unbalanced in the second sure, half. Sure, and they had to play that way. And that's how more and more teams are going to play against Toronto FC, so they're going to have to deal with it. And the front office know that. That's yep. why they brought in a player like Vasquez to well, unlock teams. I, I thought Vasquez was sensational on the day. Morrow was not only the Alcatel MLS player of the week, but he won the man of the match as well. But and we'll get into tomorrow's second half and what he was able to do. But Vasquez from the get-go, he's that one player that can pick that pass, that can stretch the back line as players are trying to run in behind the back line. Delgado played a little bit of that in the second half as well. So in some really good attacking intent. But really for me, Terry, Vasquez is just that next-level player. He's he, a straw that he was, And he had a couple of quiet games just before this one, I thought. And I thought he was back to his best on, uh, on Saturday. And, and just going back to my previous point and I think that's what Raheem Edwards brings different out wide is he can go past a player in a 1v1. The, the game reminded me a lot of the New York City FC game a couple weeks ago. Well, TFC scored that first half goal and then scored three goals in the second half. This time, four second half goals came for Toronto FC. And what's crazy is that at the start of the second half, Portland had a couple really good opportunities. In the 55th, 56th minute, Guzman got into the back line and blasted one over the bar. That was a really great goal scoring opportunity for the Portland Timbers. And he, they absolutely got punished because Guzman wasn't able to finish that opportunity. I thought that opportunity 
maybe woke TFC up a little maybe, bit. Maybe. It was yeah. almost like poking the bear in TFC, right? Right. I got to pull my finger out now, and now we're, we need to step our game up. It was it was good intricate play by Portland, and that's how you you beat a back three, or one of the ways of beating a back three. Zabaleta was sucked in by, by, the, by Guzman's movement. All of a sudden, he's just a little bit away from uh, Hernandez. There's that little kind of... Dwight York, Andy Cole, where he lets it go. He spins around. Zavaleta doesn't stay with them. And really, Guzman should be working bono. Yeah, I thought that Portland was very good down the left-hand Guzman, side. Guzman, by the way, is a player I like. I thought he had an I excellent like Confederations Cup. I like Chara. I, I mean, I, I thought Blanco was very good in the first half. He stood out the most. Yeah. And obviously, Diego Valeri yeah. is, is sensational for Portland. I like that, though, because that was the wake-up call. And soon thereafter, that the floodgates opened up for Toronto FC. Come on, you Reds. The Toronto FC podcast will continue on TSN 1050. Now, more of Come On, You Reds, the Toronto FC podcast. This is Come On, You Reds, Wheeler and Dunfield with you, episode 99, reflecting on Toronto FC's 4-1 victory over the Portland Timbers. Let, let's start with the first goal that Toronto FC scored. Right after the Guzman miss in the 55th minute, it was the 58th minute, and I just loved the transition. And, and we, we spoke in the previous part of the, this, this podcast about how TFC needed to pick up the pace and force, you know, show some initiative. And that's exactly what they did. It came from a Portland Timbers corner kick as the Timbers were really coming into the game. Came straight into the hands of Alex Bono, who then picked up the pace. And Michael Bradley and Bono spoke about this after the game, how the captain was telling Alex to get on with play and force things. Found Victor Vasquez on the outlet to Altador, to Javinko, to the far post. Justin Morrow took 22 seconds to get up the field and for the ball to get out into the back of the net. Morrow with his fourth goal of the year, one nothing Toronto FC. See you later. Yeah, well, see you later, basically. <laughs> no, uh, and you talk about picking up the template. It's those little details like keepers getting on the ball, getting it out quickly, or seeing Altidore isolated 1v1 and punting it up the pitch, or on throw-ins, picking it up and getting that ball back into play. And as, as an, an opponent playing against a team like that, it's tough to catch your breath. You never really get a breather, and Bono did exactly that. He claims a cross, it's, he throws it out to Vasquez in the middle of the park, and I loved his little ball around the corner. Loved if it. you get a chance, watch it on tfc.ca uh, on the match highlights. That little ball around the corner, so clever to Altador. Altador sprays a nice diagonal, goes out wide to Javinko, and a lot of times, especially early in the year, Javinko would try to take the full back on. Cut it he, in. Yeah, he sees the bodies in the box. It's a little bit lucky how it comes across to Morrow at the back post. Times his run perfectly, and his first touch is what sets it up. It's exquisite. Right into his path. And then a lot of players there would look to get it back across the keeper. He brings out his driver and just smashes it into the back of the net. It was a great goal. Uh, if you're a Portland Timbers fan, you're saying, what happened to the Elvis Powell from the Gold Cup? Because he almost handled the ball and took that crucial step where Moro just simply put it past the defender. Yeah, I Completely think, undressed him. I, I think that's where Powell's weakness is, is defending. Um, he's good 1v1 defending because he's so athletic, but that defending when, when you need to make a decision whether to come, whether to sit off, I think that's where he struggles a little bit. Obviously, he had that good shot just before halftime. 
when he broke through a couple of players. Bono made a good save on him. But Justin Morrow's first touch on that goal is sets him up. That really makes it also that ball around the corner from Vasquez. And as you said, the quick thinking from Bono to see there's an overload. Yes. And, and, and that's a brave throw, too. Sorry to cut you off there. Because it, it was right, right in the down middle. The, yeah, right down the middle. All of a sudden, if he... If, if, say, Portland pick that ball up or turn it over on Vasquez, you'll hear 30,000 people. I've heard it before at BMO. Oh, and all of a sudden, Portland Because you were up against it. That's and why that's I think nil, that nil. goal started with Alex. It's a brave throw. He, he got the ball and immediately ran out to the top of the box. Like Sometimes goalkeepers will sit on the ball, willing to take off pressure, slow down the game, but he picked it up. And I thought that that was so crucial, that counter-punch, the ability to, te- to attack in transition. And TFC does it so well when given the opportunity. But it's about finding those opportunities. I won nothing. And I think Stephen Caldwell said it very well on the broadcast. No team in MLS smells blood in the water more so and takes advantage of it more so than Toronto FC. Then the goal started to come. thought Marky Delgado had a sensational second half. He really did. For the second goal, it was his ball. It was very Vasquez-esque, playing it in behind the back line to Javinko. Centers it for Vasquez. Ball in the back of the net. I mean, it was... It was just a textbook goal all around, Terry. Yeah, it was, and and Two I agree. With that. I, thought, I thought Delgado was full of energy. He could have played another game. He's got such a running capacity. Great weight on the passage of Inco. Times his run perfectly, and then again the timing of the run to the near post from Vasquez is perfect. It's like a goal off the training ground. Right. Tic tac toe, two nil. And, and and Portland was done in. Like the the towels was thrown in, and TFC looking like the Harlem Globetrotters on the next goal. It's like Altidore Bradley like. Vasquez gets the ball, backheeled Altidore, tries to pick the pass to Jovinko, ends up on Moro's foot. Yeah, basically. And his second goal of the game, five goals on the year for for Moro. That that's the most for, of all MLS defenders. Three 0 and just it was absolute class, absolute quality. Those delicate passes in tight spaces. It was and, a thing of beauty. And, and for me, once you're moving the ball around, and I know this is a big comparison, so I know all, all the listeners will be like steady on Dunfield, but it was a little bit like Barcelona and all that intricate passing. Yeah. And what happens is when you've got so many little bodies around there, if one passes slightly off or the, a defender just reads it and the ball bounces around, because you've got bodies around it, all of a sudden you're picking up second balls and you're able to repress, and the ball after some really lovely football, drops tomorrow and with his right foot, I think it was, sticks it away. What I liked at the start of the goal, if you go all the way back, is Marky Delgado, rather than passing it through the lines, he actually breaks the line driving from midfield, and that's what creates that little right. overload in the middle. The, the, the thing is, with like, how high was Moro on that goal? Like he doesn't play like a left back. I know that that officially, like he's listed as a left back. He's playing left wing. No. Like, he's like just on a loose ball. He's like, he's the highest Toronto FC player He's, like, he's the Danny Elvez of the MLS, <laughs> right. but on the left-hand side. He really is. He, just, he does what he wants. He, he does, does what, what he wants. wants. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's just, it was and an incredible performance. And he made me look good at halftime. I'm, uh, Carolyn and I were chatting. I'm like, you need to bring Moro into the game. He's just standing up there in that left-hand side. They didn't use him enough in the first half. They did in the second half and reaped the benefits. And, and, and I also want to give some credit to Chris Mavinga, which allows Moro sure. to get forward to. Because with him in behind, he's so athletic. He, he's able to cover for him. He's able to handle 2v1s. And uh, I actually walked in with him from the parking lot and said, what? 
a nice guy, Chris Mavingas. He is. He, he is class act, and I think his English he, is good. We're going to get him on this pod. I, and I think if you put him in the any player in the right environment with good people like Benoit Cheru, Michael Bradley, you see players flourish. Look at Toe St. Ricketts last year. Same sort of thing. Comes in from people don't know a whole bunch about Ricketts. Put him around in this training ground with good people, good coaches, players like that really can flourish. TFC made it four. I believe it was Vasquez playing the ball into the back line for substitute Ricketts. Uh, hard tackle. Could have been a foul, but Delgado right there to pounce on the ball. He finishes his day with a goal good enough to put him in the MLS Team of the Week. Yeah, I think that was the Ricketts that we saw of last year. Good run in behind. Exploits, uh, a, a, I think it was a very flat back line of Portland. Times they were run done. nicely. And then uh, he's not able to finish it. But as a midfielder, I, I've been there, especially at end of games. I, I think... Will Johnson was telling me he got some advice from Kyle Beckerman in, in Salt Lake and that, you know what, as much as we hate to admit it, we are in North America. It's a stats league. And if you, as a midfielder, especially when you're winning 2 or 3-0, if you keep making runs into the box, you'll pick up assists, you'll pick up, pick up goals late in games. And that's what Marky Delgado did. He gambled. He has the energy. He's got the running capacity to get forward. Drops to him. And it's actually not an easy finish. He tucks it away with his left foot. His second of the year. The only thing left to settle was whether or not Toronto FC came away with the clean sheets. Not so much. Diego Valeri, what a player. Dances through the Toronto FC back line. 13th of the year. That, That was the only one negative on the day. Is that Alex Mono on the day where he sets the Toronto FC club record for MLS wins in a season with 12 and ties Stefan Fry for the all-time MLS win total with 20? He doesn't get to pick up the clean sheet in the process, and he was very good on the day too. Yeah, he just goal wasn't on him. I mean, it's not nice, and goalkeeper coach John Conway will be disappointed. The whole defensive coaching staff will be disappointed with it. You don't like to concede, and you really take pride in clean sheets. I think TFC were punished for a giveaway, and you see Valeri's class. He just glides past a couple of players and sticks it away. Uh, a couple other just mentionables, if that's a word, from the game. Uh, TFC on 47 points. That uh, was six-point clear of the Chicago Fire at that time. New York City FC did win on the weekend, so it's a four-point gap between them and the next best team in the East and in the league. Uh, TFC in their last six home games, Terry. Talk about making home a fortress. Five wins, one draw. Have outscored their opponents 18 to two. Incredible. Nine, nine two. wins at BMO now. That's they, more than they had all of last no, year. They at need home. To, I think that I'll speak to my mate Caldwell in partnerships, and I think Casaloma should get uh, should get involved with. Bimo, it, really, <laughs> that's rubbish banter. But it really that is was. becoming a fortress, isn't it? Honestly, I think we can put a moat around BMO now. Teams really are scared to come here. And I'm being completely honest and not biased. Teams are coming in here, parking not just a bus, like a double-decker bus, and just coming here to get a point. And TFC are, are being so professional. They're not leaving themselves open at the back. Mentally, they're switched on when they are in possession. And, and they're giving nothing away. And, and they're grinding teams down. And then eventually, with so many different dimensions to the attack, if teams just sit back, TFC will eventually get chances and score. Uh, Moro, Delgado, and Greg Vanny. In the team of the week. I guess he's the manager of the team of the week. That's right. how that works. Shout out to Inebriati. The Greg father. That the, the Inebriati with the TIFO. The Greg father. See, what I like so much about that that banner was Greg Vanny's beard. He should bring it back. I like the beard look. I got one. It's quality. His you luck- can't grow one. 
Oh, that was a bit of a kidney you bug. Cannot you cannot grow a beard. You refreshed. You've had a good trip. <laughs> I can't. My beard beard's shocking. You got a I little look, bit of something no, on your chin. Like, it looks like dirt. It looks like Zorro or something. It's horrible. When it's windy, it just goes off. Yes. Look, someone keeps heckling me on when I'm on TSN saying, get rid of that little porno tash done field. <laughs> I don't even grow anything. Yeah, you don't even have one. No. So it was actually uh, Greg's lucky shirt, the polka dot shirt. He was getting some stick for that as well. I thought it was quite good. Yeah. Someone said it was a Vancouver white cap jersey no oh, <laughs> stop those white cap jerseys jerseys are awful yeah i don't like those the team's but, rubbish uh, i like how, i like how greg uh said you know what the guys are making me look good um yeah. and and was super humble yeah and, and of course deep down it'll be a nice feeling seeing his his mug go up on on the tifo but so another was, great day for toronto fc other than the Haglin injury uh, the three points were massive, setting up this weekend a massive tie against the Chicago Fire. Come on, you Reds. The Toronto FC podcast will continue on TSN 1050. Now, more of Come On, You Reds, the Toronto FC podcast. This is Come On, You Reds, Wheeler and Dunfield with you at Wheeler TSN at Terry underscore Dunfield on Twitter. So things continue to progress for Toronto FC. The team, after a couple little setbacks in terms of draws, um, have really shown their strength, beating very good teams in Portland and New York City FC, scoring four goals against them in their two most recent victories. I, I think that speaks volumes, Terry. Even at the MLS All-Star Game at the beginning of the month, the broadcast was hyping this Toronto FC Chicago Fire game. The Fire at one... They hyped it a bit too much. Didn't they hype it a week earlier or something? Well, they were saying it was next week. It was like three weeks. Anyways, we'll leave that alone. alone. But there there was reason for weeks on end that we thought that this was going to be a battle of the best in MLS. Not so much. Pump the brakes. After going undefeated. Did they, did they have an 11-game win streak or were they undefeated in 11? They're two different teams, though. They're very good at home. Away from home, not so much. We well, saw that against the best Montreal team in MLS. last night. They're, they're, at home, though, they're, they're, they're very, very good. 10 wins, one tie, 31 goals for five against. They've at not lost home. at home, no, haven't they? Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. 10 wins, one draw. But this Chicago Fire team has been struggling. Their latest setback Wednesday night against the Montreal Impact. They lose 3-0 in Montreal. That's coming off a 3-1 loss against the Columbus Crew. This team, um, over their last six games, have only only won one game, Um, which is is a massive struggle for this team. Sorry, I'm just looking at my notes here. Uh, Chicago have conceded 14 goals over the six-game stretch where they've only won one, and they've given up three goals in their last three losses. Yeah. Their defensive line's a little bit in shambles. You say they're a different team at home, but this team has been leapfrogged by New York City FC in the, in the table because of their recent struggles. Has the air completely come out of the Chicago Fire team, or do you firmly believe that they're going to look like one of the best teams in MLS this weekend against TFC? I think they're a team that's going to be very dangerous in the playoffs. I think their supporter shield uh, hopes have now are, are no longer there. Also, to add to your stats, Nikolic now, leading goal scorer in MLS, hasn't scored in six. Goals have dried up for him. He isn't looking very mobile up front. And and I think last night, or on Wednesday night against the Montreal Impact, the perfect blueprint was written for TFC. And and that that's that the Chicago Fire, their two fullbacks, love to get forward. They Dax McCarty or Swine will drop into the back. 
two in between the center halves. They'll set the play off. They look to go into midfield and out wide to calm or to the fullbacks getting forward. But if TFC can get their press right, not necessarily start high, but invite the Chicago Fire onto them a little bit what the Montreal Impact did let them play out of the back and then all of a sudden try to win that ball in midfield and then when they do win it they have to be extremely direct really get at the Chicago Fire because they have so many players up the pitch fullbacks the center halves have now split they're so open and exposed and in TFC and transition are, are very very good I think they could hurt the Chicago Fire there also I think TFC, we saw last night, or I'm sorry, on Wednesday against the Impact, that the Chicago Fire have to respect them. At times, they'll beat that initial press, and that TFC's back three with Michael Bradley sat in front of them and the weak side fullback. There'll be times they do need to defend crosses, uh, and it's important that they do, do defend manfully. Well, Chicago is one of the better teams in a lot of attacking categories in MLS. They're top five in possession per game. Say what you will about possession game to game, but over the season, I think that it kind of reveals about what team it is. They have over 52% possession. They have an 82% pass accuracy, so they cherish the ball that's second best in MLS. And they have 36 goals from open play, which is the best number in MLS as well. So they're, they're, they're certainly dangerous. Yeah, they can hurt you a few different ways. Delu breaking from midfield. I I like him since he came to the league. David Akam out wide. He was quiet against Montreal. He he seems to do very well against TFC. So I, Which was weird. Sorry, Terry, to cut, to cut you up on Akam. For me, he's a key player in the team because he's the one player with pace. Yeah. And TFC beat Chicago this year 3-1 at home. They conceded a late goal, which didn't really Akam matter. didn't start, did he? Didn't start yeah. that game, which surprised me. He has 12 goals, 7 assists on the year. For me, he's the danger man because he has pace for days. And, and those sort of players that kind of drift off into the channel is kind of sometimes expose the 3-5-2 system a little bit. So it's important if it's Zavaleta and Hassler on the right-hand side that they're wary of his threat and at times respect him and maybe double-team double him. Yeah. I just, I'm. This was supposed to be a glamour matchup, and now I think the wind has kind of been taken out a little bit. I'm. I if I'm Greg and I watched the game last night, I'd be a little bit wary. I would have liked to have been the next team to play the Chicago Fire. I thought Montreal hit them at the perfect time. I think there has to be a reaction from that game in the Columbus game. They're at home. Uh, Where's it going to come from? Like Schweinsteiger played the full ninety minutes. Okay. And he's a player that looks a few pounds too heavy to me still. I know that he brings a lot to the league. He's a really nice guy. He's a marketing machine and still a good player. But I, I think that TFC and having a Michael Bradley in the middle of the park, you can outrun this team. The, I guess the only saving grace is Janino didn't play. This yeah. Chicago this Fire talk, team. He might come back. He, he might be fit. But. Well, the Chicago Fire team has potentially three starting defenders out of the game. Polster didn't play. He's got a knee. Mira came out of the game with a calf. Christian Dean had to come into the game. Look lost, a new player in that group. And Brandon Vincent, who was an all-star last year, yeah. he didn't play as well. He's out hurt. He might be back this week. They missed him. Duty played at left back. He was poor. Christian Dean came in against the impact. And he, he'd just come over from the Vancouver Whitecaps. And you see why Robbo got rid of him. Tries to step out of the back uh, back four. Piatti beats him to a yeah. ball in from Patrice Bernier goes in and scores 1-0. That's after five minutes. Uh, and so my first thought if it was Greg Vanny, yeah, I'd expect a reaction. TFC are going to need a good start, start at, in Chicago. But I'd also think, like you said, Wheels, good point, is T uh, Chicago, the fire looked really leggy in the last 
30 minutes. I know they threw the towel in. Schweinsteiger's body language was awful. And I, and I think that if Delgado and Vasquez really lock on to Dax and Schweine in the middle of the park, that'll stop a lot of uh, the fire's attacks. But they can't lock on too early. They need to allow them to get the ball and then all of a sudden try to turn it over. And pounce. And, and pounce. And pounce. Be like a hound in there. Yes. Um, the other comparable for me that I love is Nemanja Nikolic, the Hungarian striker, came into MLS and set the league on fire. He's on 16 goals, but now has it scored in six games. Since and when, Vancouver. And, and when it comes to newcomer of the year, I mean, he's the guy that people turn to. But what about Victor Vasquez? Like, can't you make the argument that Vasquez for Toronto FC has had a much bigger influence on the best team in MLS? I know that the goals matter, but Vasquez, what, is five goals, ten assists on the air? He's all over the place. Like, I I think that a lot, there's been a lot of hype about Nikolic and not enough about Vasquez. Agreed, 100%. And, and Vasquez has been so consistent. He's on the best team in the league, top of the league. Uh, Nikolic's goals, as you said, have drawn up a little bit. He's not getting as many opportunities. So I, I think that's more down to the dip of form of sh- the Chicago Fire. It's not like he's missing sitters now. He just looks a little bit stiff and unmobile up top. Immobile. Unmobile. Yep. Immobile. Immobile up top. Lacks uh, mobility. Yeah. How's that? Yeah. A bit like my <laughs> mate Cooperman's. No. Oh. <laughs> is, is he in, listening is to it, the pod? He's in Australia right now, so I don't know if he can pick it up there. Well, he can pick it up anytime, Terry. He might be getting a text message in the middle of the night. Sorry, Coops. Uh, but yeah, um, so no, I, I think it'll be a good game. I think uh, the Chicago Fire now have big players, and, and in big games, that's where big players step up. And definitely, I don't need to say it, but TFC have a few. But of those. you love that Chicago had a midweeker. You did. played midweek. They lost Mirror in the back. All they have is Kapilov. And I, I know he was an all star, but I'm not the biggest fan of the player. You have your backup goalkeeper Lampson playing um, with Baba. He he's still out for the team. Like. If if Chicago's back line looks like this, there could be goals. But, and and that's the thing, they don't really have a back line because no. their fullbacks push so high, so much weight is on the center halves to defend or whoever that deep line midfielder is. If TFC turn that ball over and attack quick on the counter, I think that's how uh, they'll undo the fire. Yeah. Uh, anything else about this matchup? I mean, Javinko. This screams screams to me a big game for Javinko. Last time he played against Chicago, scored two goals, a magnificent magnificent free kick. His first goal, he got a step on Harrington. It was one of those ones. He comes from the left, gets on his right foot, plays it near post. Like you've seen that Javinko goal so many times. He leads MLS in shot attempts per game, and with a back line and tatters like this, it just screams to me Javinko Altidore party. Like, really, especially with a week off between games and a game that's being hyped. And you know that TFC is looking back and they say, okay, if we come away with the result here, who's catching us in the East? 100%. And and this is one of those games, high-profile game, where you can lay down another marker as well. So not not only will it have been stuffing Portland at home, NYCFC at home, if you can go on the road... A point probably wouldn't be the end of the world, but if you go and beat the Chicago Fire, you are 100%, if not already, front runners for the support. I mean, TFC in a league where teams struggle away, they've been fine. But coming away with an emphatic, like a big-time win on a Saturday night game in yeah. Chicago, I mean, this this could be kind of the last thing that they'd need on their resume, just that big convincing you away the last thing on the and, and I was walking through the, the lobby at KTG, and it's super cool here. There's cabinets upstairs. There's, there's see-through, so you can see it from the first-team training lounge, and you can also see it from the lobby. And in those, in those 
glass cabinets. There's one's empty for an MLS Cup. One's empty for MLS. Uh, sorry, Champions League. Supporter Shield. No, and one for the Sporter Shield Canada Cup. There's no. Oh right. Okay. So there's the three cabinets waiting for the trophy, and one's already full with the hardware from the Canada Cup this year or Canadian Championships. I I think there should be. Sport of Shield. Know. Maybe some architect or some blueprints maybe in the back for a supporter shield one, maybe. We'll chat with Bill Manning. Fingers we'll are crossed. I'm touching wood right now while I say it. Yeah. Uh, but the players maybe, maybe want they're it. Not the cap- and, and, and they do want it. They can feel it right through the club. I, I hope that fans understand how much this means. Potentially. Maybe we could eat hot dogs out of it. <laughs> like Phil Kessel. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> what a guy. Can they be veggie dogs? Like I Or Canadian bacon out of it. Bacon okay. sandwiches. Okay. Oh decent. Yeah. yeah, you know I'm a vegetarian though. Oh sorry, mate. You so, can uh, It's okay, I love the smell. Right. You, you can, can have like a flaffle eat flaffle out of it. Done. Done. Delicious. Uh, one other uh, one other thing. I, I sat down with Stephen Betasher. A, a good sit down. Not sure what's going to be up on TorontoFC.ca. I'm looking but forward to it. Betasher is officially off the injury report. Awesome. Lacerated pancreas. He's off the injury report and could return this weekend. Is this a good spot to have him return? Uh, just going on the way. Gra- okay. By the way, how do you handle an incarcerated pancreas if you're the guy? Incarcerated or lacerated? His pancreas was it's thrown pr- in prison. It's in jail. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Uh, that won't fire today. Um, well, let's add that to the blooper reel. Our producer Renato, don't take that like out. jot that down, please. Uh, oh, I'm gonna be incarcerated. An incarcerated I'm, pancreas. I'm thinking about going to Ottawa with my academy team this weekend. Incarcerated <laughs> in Ottawa. Um, yeah, how, how do you deal with this? I don't know. I think he's not played for a while. Uh, I think you get him involved with the squad back in the 18. Uh, I don't think he needs minutes with TFC too. He's been out on the training pitch as far as I'm aware. Um, maybe look to include him in, in upcoming games. I think Hassler as well in his position has done all right. Um, but I, th- I think I just protect him a little bit. It, it was I'm fun. looking forward to I, was, I saw I, the interview too, by the way, and, and it looks pretty intense. It looked like 30 for 30 well, style. He's a lacerated pancreas. We had to tell that story. I was chatting with him off Check it out after for we were sure. done. I was like, well, when do you think you'd be fit to come back? And Beta's like, well, let's put it this way. I think it was last year when he was first starting with Toronto FC. Didn't have a preseason. Was hurt. Came back, started training that week, and then goes out and plays 90 minutes. And I believe they won, beat the New York Red Bulls. And he was talking with Michael just about like about that. It's just never rule out a beta shirt. Like he, he's a guy so, who's extremely fit. He's a team guy. He wants to be out there playing. His desire second to none. So I wouldn't put it past him. It's a difficult game, especially if he's going to be running after David Akam all day. But I, I mean. Who wouldn't trust a Stephen Bainisher at this point? That's exactly it. He's so consistent, a real smart player, uh, positionally sound, knows the system, doesn't bomb forward maybe as much as Moro, so so he doesn't need necessarily the to be a hundred percent fitness wise at the top of his game. So yeah, I I think you could play him, but and I think you would if it was the MLS playoffs or the game leading up to that. But you've still got some time until uh, the crunch time. Of the I season. play him. I play him this weekend. Give him Wednesday off, allow him to recover. Then you got the Montreal Impact, where he'll take on the team and Kyle Fisher, the guy that dun, put him dun, on the sidelines. Don't don't don't. Well, that's that's how you promote. By the buddy. way, that's the how imp- you tease. The Impact are, are ticking over nicely too, so th- that could be quite the we'll, game. We'll as see well. what happens when they play a good team like Toronto FC. All right. Okay. I'm looking forward that? to it. I think it'll be a good. I was trying to tease. I guess I'm not very okay. good at it. Okay. Chicago Fire on TSN <laughs> Saturday night, 8 p.m. 
on uh, on TSN. I, I believe the game is going to be on TSN 1050 as well. I'm going to have to check your local listings. That's what you say if you really don't know. Okay. Um, so that's the news and notes from the TFC front. Let's go about spinning you across Major League Soccer. Come on, you Reds. The Toronto FC podcast will continue on TSN 1050. Now, more of Come On You Reds, the Toronto FC podcast. This is Come On You Reds, Wheeler and Dunfield with you. Some breaking news on Thursday in Major League Soccer that MLS will incorporate a fourth substitution during the postseason. So games that required the two 15-minute extra time periods, Terry, teams will be allowed to make that additional substitute. I mean, this is something that FIFA's been looking into, but MLS... Taking the lead on this, I like the move. It makes sense if you use your three substitutions within the 90-minute period. If you're going to play half an hour or more football, then allow another substitution to be made. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense yeah. for me. I, I like it. I like the idea that MLS, a little bit like the, the video review, is, is at the forefront of, of, uh, of thinking and, and looking to, to see how they can enhance a game. Uh, I think it's good for the substitutes. I've been there. When the three are done, and, and you know it could go to extra time, and you're already taking your boots off because you're not going in. If it, I, there's an injury, or if you want to get on a, another penalty taker, it, it makes sense. And, and, I, and I think it gives, uh, t- tactically, it adds another element for, for the coaches. And yes. um, no, I, I think it'll be good. And you can see, I, I think, too, it protects the players a little bit because some players at. A hundred minutes are done. You can see that they can hardly move out there. Some players are playing with an injury for the last 20 minutes just to get over the line because the subs are already used. So, so I think it'll protect players as well. Um, and I'm, sh- I've only just found out about this six minutes ago. When I think about yeah. it, the more I keep thinking about it, the more I like it. Yeah, and, it, and a manager also it protects them because. They're using their substitutes based upon 90 minutes of football. 100%. And that just gives them another ace in their pocket. Yeah. So I like that. VAR, working out well for you? I think so. Um, I'm kind of like Bradley. I don't love it, but... The Kaka one was... Yeah. was uh, they didn't quite get right. That wasn't a good one where he kind of taps his mate and yeah. then all of a sudden gets a red card. By the letter of the law, there's no kind of common sense. But other than that, I think I think it's going okay. I think it's well received. Okay. Academy update, Terry? Oh, I love this time. That is, this is your time to shine. Yeah, we obviously we got beat. We had 21 wins or 20 wins, and then West Ottawa beat us in the cup on crazy circumstances. Uh, we've won three since, uh, and this weekend, dun, 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 we go to Ottawa, and we play West Ottawa on Saturday, who beat us. So, so if you're listening from our nation's capital, where can they check out the under-14s this weekend? That's a really good question in Ottawa. You don't even know. <laughs> okay, well done. We have an- Unbelievable operation staff behind the coaches in the academy. <laughs> it's amazing. It's like, have you ever heard of the travel agency Thomas Cook? Yeah, yeah. So I get like an I itinerary. Because they I used to sponsor fo- Man City. Yeah, I get okay. a folder. I, I, I got my per diem. I know which hotel. Is Benoit Cheru, does he go? Like, he's hurt. He, he, no, his, his family's just got back from France. Okay. So he can't go. They've been away for a month. Okay. But he's missing out on this Congrats trip. to the under-13s as well on a very good tournament. Yeah, finished fourth. Uh, down in Mexico in the because TFC won the Canada Cup uh, sponsored by Scotia um, they flew down all the teams that are going to be going to the CONCACAF Champions League next year TFC went down 
finished fourth out of 16. John Mondino's team represented really well. Young Dino Bontis won goalkeeper of the tournament as well, Golden Gloves. So things in the academy are going well. The under-16 team, they're down in Mexico right now in a massive tournament, so lots going on. Awesome stuff. Um, we only have like two minutes left, but the first weekend in the Premier League's in the oh, books. I knew I we were going to go up. there. You're not <laughs> uh, It's only the first week, but... This is how we react as football fans. You react where the only good, as bad good as your last game. The only as good as your last game. And that was probably the best Manchester United performance I've seen under Mourinho. So, and and, and I picked them to win the best league, and I got a lot of slack behind it. Look, Mourinho year number two is he's a winner. And other than Manchester City, no other team as of right now has improved themselves. So I'm just looking at those two teams as being the two best in the league. And of everything I saw last weekend, I, nothing goes against or would change my mind that the title will end up in Manchester at the end of the year. I think it'll end up in Manchester, the blue side. Uh, That's fine. But- I thought that that was Man United's best performance since Sir Alex Ferguson. I go as far to say that. I thought they were awesome. All of a sudden, they looked electric. There was pace. I thought, as good as Lukaku was, he, he was unbelievable, a beast. A bit like Josie Altidore. He was unplayable on the day. Uh, I thought Rashford down the left-hand side was immense. Right. I thought him in transition on the counters, involved in goals, hit the post. I thought young Rashford was so, so good. And I always He's thought, a star in the making. I, I, I always thought he was a number nine. Uh, and when he played out wide, he was sort of being sort of fat fit into the team but I, I don't know I like him out wide for the first time and, and I don't know if he's quite ready in his development to really lead the line up top we'll see Swansea City this weekend Chelsea Spurs Chelsea. big game this weekend oh, on Sunday uh, that'll be on TSN two players suspended some players not fit that's gonna be yeah. a big test yeah same Liverpool as well they've uh uh, done well yeah. uh, in the CONCAF Coutinho's going to be a big Champions loss Champions qualifier Sadio Mane is great I, I love the player he's, he's the best player on the team not Coutinho but if they lose Coutinho yeah, Mane is so good well, well, Salah's look good as well he's come in interesting to see what happens okay. with Coutinho yeah. uh, Firmino's done alright not top. buying Liverpool but no yeah We'll see what Spurs do, does. Interesting to see Chelsea get beat at home by Burnley on the opening day. Big Sammy Vokes, the Welshman. Unbelievable. A great volley. Yeah. Good header. Uh, and I thought Sean Dyche got his tactics perfectly in that when Burnley went down to 10 men, they only had one striker up top and just, sorry, when yeah Burnley went up a man, they only had big Vokes up top. A lot of managers would have brought on another striker, kept their width against Chelsea, and it worked a treat. Um, football's back in the Premier League. Football has been here for a while and will continue to go on just football, in Major football, League Soccer. Football, isn't it, it's, Will? It's, it's, an ama- it's the best time of the year. The weather's still nice outside. Toronto's, MLS in full swing. Big game this weekend. Toronto has got to be the best time zone in the world for watching football. Yep. It's just never not on TV. It's unbelievable. Yep. That I means, love it. Unfortunately, you need to see a lot more of Terry Dunfield. Hey, <laughs> but you can listen to them each week on this podcast. Subscribe, yeah, like right. us, tell your friends. It's worth a listen. You get to hang out with us for about an hour. This each, is like my favorite hour week. of the week, honestly. Wow. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Uh, let us know your thoughts at Wheeler TSN at Terry underscore Dunfield. Enjoy this weekend in Ottawa, Terry. And for you out there, enjoy the TFC Chicago Fire match. All the best, Wheels. You have a good weekend, too. Good stuff, pal. You, too. Uh, On behalf of everyone here at Toronto FC, thanks for listening yet again. This has been episode 99 of Come On You Reds.